Welcome back, folks, to the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast. On today's show, we have Forrest Flagger and Zach Mix. They got pretty cool names, actually. Um, but they, uh, Forrest is the CEO and co founder of Parspec, and Zach is in charge of business development. What is Parspec? Well, they're a technology company. Um, they use AI to serve the supply chain. So they're making magical things happen in the background. Um, they want to simplify the procurement process um, in construction, building materials and stuff like that. Surprise, surprise, they're headquartered in San Francisco. Um, a unique team of technologists and construction industry veterans. So they brought a bunch of people together to make this thing. And their passion is for the built environment, much like us, although we're focused on lighting. Um, that empowers their customers in the construction industry to build and uh, infrastructure and the, you know the, to build the infrastructure that our economy depends on efficiently. That's right. So they're trying to lower costs. Construction costs are going through the roof. So maybe we need these guys right now. But you know, before we go there, Greg, you know we gotta get we gotta keep it easy here for a little minute, just a minute or two. And we go to KeystoneTech.com. That's right, K E Y S T O N E T E C H dot com. Keep it easy with the easy folks, Greg. That's right. One of the most difficult applications, at least from what we do every day, trying to retrofit lighting, are down lights, recessed can Ooh, lights, whatever pot lights, yeah. what you call them up in Canada. Keystone finally came out with a down light for just about every application. They have wafers, trims, disc, down light uh, for the 10 inch. Many are color selectable, power selectable, interchangeable trim rings. They even have emergency backup, which I've seen a lot of complete lines that don't have the emergency. And Keystone driver. Everything is built with a Keystone driver. Easy. You know why it's light made easy? You know, whenever Keystone comes out with something, they always keep it easy, but they do it right, Greg. That's why we love them. Go to K-E-Y-S-T-O-N-E-T-E-C-H.com. I do every day. So does Greg. That's KeystoneTech.com. And, of course, they are proud members of the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors, just like Greg and I are. That's right. N-A-I-L-D.org. Greg, we're getting together, man, in September. It's back. Arclight it's Summit, back. 13th to 16th, man. That's right. We're joining up with the Arclight Summit down in Dallas. Register online at nailed.org. But for right now, oh, you know what? Take LS Evolve too, suckers. That's right. You get your people in LS Evolve. All my people are in LS Evolve. All Greg's people are in LS Evolve because they're staying up to date with what's going on. But you have to take LS1 first. Long story. Call the Nailed Office. For right now, we got Forrest and we got Zach. What's up, guys? How you doing? Thanks for having us. No problem. Yeah, thanks for having us. Super excited to be on the show. I'm a big fan, and I love what you guys do, and I look forward to exploring Parspec today with you guys. Hey, awesome. uh, Scott, can you just turn up um, Zach a little bit there, just so later on the show, just watch his volume? Greg, I'm going to throw it over to you to start it off here. Yeah, so you know, I was researching your site a little bit and found out a little bit more about you, but you guys are going to dive into it more. But you say submittal in seconds as compared to hours. Tell me, but what is a submittal process? I don't, you know, given what we do, selling lighting, we're not always, we're, I'm never doing new construction. So I don't know much about the new or the submittal process. Tell us what that process is like and why you're saving time. Yeah, I'll, I'll take this one. So typically, you know, once a, a quote has been turned into effectively a purchase order, the, the go forward has been um, placed. Uh, you need to actually aggregate all of the product documentation, the data sheets from the number of manufacturers from that bill of materials that's being uh, procured. So essentially what needs to happen is you have to, number one, enter all the information into some type of submittal platform. A lot of people use Excel to build a list. So there's a lot of data entry. 
Number two, you actually have to go and find product documentation, so specification sheets from you know, many different manufacturers. A typical submittal might have you know, five to 20 different manufacturers specified. Um, and so it takes a lot of time to go visit those manufacturer websites to find where they're hosting each specific data sheet. And then users are, are simply you know, downloading each data sheet manually to their computer. And then they're stitching them together in some type of PDF viewer typically. And then once they have all the data sheets organized into a PDF viewer, they go through and make their markup uh, on those data sheets to highlight the specifications that you know, a designer has chosen or someone you know, throughout the entire chain has specified. Uh, and once that document is put together, they then pass it off to the contractor. So a distributor or rep might send it off to the contractor for review to verify, all right, the, you know, these are the products that have been specified. These are the products that I'm installing. Uh, so everybody is on the same page. But it's a very, very manual process. It takes uh, hours, typically. A lot of people that we speak to are compiling submittals after hours, late at night, uh, when they could be doing a number of other things. And if they're doing it during their their work hours, it's taking them away from, you know, proactive selling, uh, creative problem solving, working with their colleagues to, uh, you know, enhance their businesses. Forrest, I'm not so sure the people that are doing this want to change their processes. I think a lot of those processes are meant to be complicated and to um, to forestall or prevent others from engaging in those business that in that business. Um, so how are you guys over Do you guys understand what I'm talking about? Like the spec model is designed to prevent people from being able to come in and lower the prices on the products. And I know it's not always done that way, but there's a large portion of these projects where they're protecting certain, you know, interests in terms of who's going to be allowed to bid the spec. So the simplification process would lower the price, right? That's if you simplify, if you make things easier, if you reduce complexity, you lower cost, right? But I think complexity is inherently built in by these folks. So why would they want to switch? Yeah, I mean, our, our typical customers are either lighting agents or distributors, right? Or are making a, really a, a commission off of that sale of product. And so um, we're not proposing any changes to the commission, but rather just reducing the cost to the the author of the submittal, right? By we're taking the same input, they usually start with a quote or a schedule of the lighting products, and they're producing the the you know the same output, the PDF documentation of the submittal. So uh, we're consciously not trying to um, radically change the process, uh, make it easier for our customer, the rep or distributor, to complete their work more quickly. So your clients are wanting this. So your clients, you're saying, are lighting agents. So from my perspective, um, if you're a lighting agent, they're going to want to protect that spec. And I'm not saying that this practice is wrong or right. But what I'm saying is that mm -hmm. often they, they oftentimes these folks have um, have you know uh, are have worked on this for two years, and so they don't want people swooping back in at the last minute and and you know cut. And they also work on. Um, a commission from the sale of the product. So they've done all that work mm -hmm. for free for two years to specify the product. And now you guys are making it easier for competitors to come in and quote the thing at the end or, or a value engineer it at the end. Have you encountered that problem at all? Or has anything like that come up? 
I think that's a great point that you're making. And uh, it has come up. You know, there are some heavy hitter manufacturer rep agents in the marketplace that would prefer to keep things uh, as under wraps as possible, so to speak. But at the same time, there are many smaller rep agents that are just trying to get at bats. They're trying to get creative with their specifications. They're trying to view engineer projects. They're trying to find ways to be uh, more price competitive, to sell uh, more efficient or uh, products that last longer. So you, you get both sides of it. And then at the same time, there are many distributors as well that are putting together submittal packages too. So I don't want, I want to make sure we don't forget that there's national accounts distributors, there's independent distributors, just like the businesses that you run that do need to put submittals together at times for particular construction projects. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a way for the smaller guys to compete with the bigger guys, hmm. so to speak. So to answer your question, it can go both ways. You can run up to some resistance where people want to protect that information. And then you see, uh, you know, nimble companies that see this as a power tool where they can, um, you know, get more information about any given project and build a more intelligent sales force. Okay, so Forrest, if, if somebody is a user of this software, like a distributor, an agent, a specifier, how are they going to describe to me how or I would benefit from this by subscribing to this software? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, typically, as Zach mentioned, uh, a wrapper distributor would start the process with uh, a lighting quote or a schedule in Excel of the list of products. Um, and they would have to transcribe that information out of a document into their submittal tool. So Parspec leverages technology known as optical character recognition, which is able to read uh, text information out of an image to be able to bring that into the document so that the user doesn't have to transcribe any of that documentation manually. Um, we also use computer vision to be able to intelligently read information out of any table uh, you know, as you know, designers or um, contractors can structure their uh, information in many different formats in terms of how the product information is represented. Um, so we do that automatically for the user. So they just have a working schedule in Parspec to begin the process. And the second is uh, finding the data sheets. So Parspec has a web crawler that indexes over a thousand lighting manufacturers daily. Um, and so based on any model number, we're able to find the current data sheet for that uh, customer automatically. So they don't have to visit any of the sites to, um, to locate that information. Um, and the final step is the markup. They have to annotate with the configuration that they're planning to purchase. Uh, so we have some computer vision that enables them to automatically mark up the, the PDF submittals for each data sheet. Um, the net of that is that they save you know, um, about 80% of the time that it would take them to make a submittal using the traditional process. Now, I've seen some of these submittals in the past that have been printed out, you know, the three ring binder, everything put <laughs> together, and the, the spec sheets or the data sheets had highlighted or circled or whatever the exact item is. You guys are, mm -hmm. your software is capable of doing that highlighting part too, or is it just getting to the fixture and then you still got to go through and manually do that? So what it does right now is it suggests the highlights that it believes the user will want mm -hmm. to enter. Uh, hmm. And it's able to do that by parsing the information in the model number and finding the corresponding segments for different attributes in hmm. the data sheet. So 
we're finding that's pretty accurate. Most of the time, the users are going with the recommendations, and uh, it'll only get better in time because, of course, after a user does it once for a given model number, we'll be able to automatically suggest that markup again for future users. And I assume so, yeah, they're able does, to easily annotation. And they're able to easily edit. Like if you highlighted the wrong little part, they can click and do something on the, themselves. Yeah, yeah you absolutely. can click on any annotation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can you can use shortcuts as you can you know control Z to undo things, uh, you know delete things super rapidly, and we remember and save all of those annotations. And as Forrest mentioned, you know Parspec it it remembers users you know selections. So if you've gone through and you've made a, a specific markup to a data sheet corresponding to an exact part number, our system will remember that for the next time around for that user and then anybody else within the company that has has an account with Parspec. So it it's also a way to, to knowledge share, which in a lot of cases in companies, uh, it, it's really hard to do that, especially in remote settings. You've got uh, you know decentralized workforces all over the place and you need them to be completely aligned. And so Parspec acts as a way for companies and the users of those companies to consistently create submittals and know exactly what their team members are working on, what they've done before, uh, to just you know create efficiencies across the board. And right now, are you guys only focused on light fixtures or are you looking at other parts of construction? So right now we're focused just on lighting products uh, with plans to expand to electrical products uh, in Q2 of this year. Okay. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, we, we decided to focus, yeah, go ahead. Go for it, Zach. I was gonna say, yeah, we, we decided to focus on lighting products because, you know, it includes a super wide array of categories, design specifications for a, a, a very wide range of applications, as you know. Um, there's thousands of manufacturers ranging from the decorative products to the white goods companies. Um, and products are changing at an extremely rapid rate. You know, with the emergence of LEDs over a decade ago, there's been continuous changes. You know, you have manufacturers that are updating any given product less than a year cycle, right? So there's constantly new data sheets. There's constantly you know, new innovative products hitting the market. And it's really difficult for the sellers to keep up with those changes. And so if we can extract product information from design schedules and surface those data sheets to users more rapidly than before, we're helping educate the market in a way. The, I think there's a little bit of software fatigue out there. Um, in the, uh, I got a smile from Forrest there because I think he knows <laughs> what I'm talking about. Um, I hired a guy recently, well, not about a year ago, and he worked for some major companies. And one of these companies had been subscribing to 108 different types of software. Okay, they had subscriptions <laughs> and custom built 100 and different, 108 different ways to do things for customers. And it was, it was none of them were integrated with one another. Um, how are you handling the, the, the you know, just a, another subscription? It's another license. It's another fee per month. How are you guys overcoming that? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, we did. I mean, that's one of the reasons why we chose to focus on the submittal process first is that already companies tend to use uh, a third party application, something different than their ERP system to make submittals. 
And so already we're having kind of point solutions there where people are using another tool to create a submittal. Um, so we've tried to improve that process for our users by integrating with a lot of the common systems that are used for quoting, for example. So we integrate, integrate seamlessly with Epicor or Oasis or some of the uh, other common ERP systems so that all you have to do is you know, take your quote, uh, drag it into Parspec, you have all the information there automatically, and then you can push the information back into that ERP system to continue the workflow. So we definitely recognize that pain point for the users and our intent is to make that easier compared to the, you know, the solutions that they're using today just for the, the submittal process. Um, you so know, in the future, we hope to, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I interrupt. I see that we have to you have to be careful with that echo. I don't know if you can hear it in the background. So when um, but the so you take your quote, you're in whatever ERP system that's common. You guys have created an API or some sort of way to get into that software, get information or middleware or whatever you want to call it um, to get information across to the other side. Once that information comes across and is in your system, you then ha have access to many manufacturer spec sheets out there that's what you're saying in their data and you're able to create these packages these submittal packages just by dragging and dropping a quote correct so the, the way that we get the information in the system is um, those systems have a certain file format for the way they represent mm -hmm. quotes which we read in automatically right so including the quantity the type the manufacturer and the model number so that's how we get the information in and then correct when they, when it's in parspec they're able to quickly find the data sheets uh, and do the annotations. And then we can push that information back into uh, those same tools if they wanna say do POs or, or track, track information if necessary. Um, if for example, the schedule originated outside of their ERP system. You know, it's interesting. I have a conceptual thought and Greg, maybe I don't even know if I'm asking you or, or, or Zach and Forrest here, but you know, when you look at the, the digital landscape, Facebook, Uber, you know, Twitter or whatever, you know, I mean, I, I don't mean to be crude or to be mean to these people, but Uber is not that complicated an idea. Like, it's a pretty simple idea. You know, they mashed up Google Maps with a software that connected that showed the cars on the screen or whatever they did and they pay people. Like, it's actually not that complicated. You know, Web 3.5 or whatever this version of the internet is or whatever, is really like what you guys are doing is making kind of like a WordPress plugin for lighting people. You know what I'm saying? Is that is that like a good way to put it? It's like you plug Parspec into Epicor and now you have a, a something that simplifies your submittals. Like that's kind of the next phase is these more complicated areas of... Uh, electrical, plumbing, mechanical, these areas that are not penetrated very well by digital technology simply because it's not that easy. You need a combination of software developers and industry knowledge together. You don't need that to make Uber. You don't need that to make Skip the Dishes. You don't need that to make um, EnvyBook or whatever they call it now, Meta. I call it EnvyBook. Um, <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> or, you know, Shitter whatever they call that sewer now. But I mean, these things are not that complicated ideas. Like Facebook's not that complicated an idea. You know what I'm saying? It's like, 
They just made it up. Nobody needed any specialized knowledge. You guys need a combination of software development. I don't know if it's Angular or React or SQL, blah, blah, all those Nintendo, Sega Genesis languages are out there. But you guys need to combine that with industry knowledge. Who is the industry knowledge that you guys have in your, in your, in your group? Yeah, that's so a great I'll, question. I'll take that one. I, yeah, go, ahead. go ahead. Well, so I, I actually have a history in the lighting industry. I've been working in the lighting industry for the past decade. Uh, I've worked for companies like Wattstopper, Green Creative. I worked for a local rep agency here in the Bay Area called Electro Rep. So my, you know, my knowledge is all coming from lighting, ele electrical, and energy industry. Um, that's my passion. And I, I was lucky enough to meet Forrest, who uh, comes to Parspec with a construction tech background. And the co-CEO, is a software engineer. So if you sort of look at Parspec, um, and Forrest has said this before, from a Venn diagram perspective, you have somebody you know, with an expertise in, in lighting, somebody with an expertise in construction tech, and somebody with an expertise in software technology. And you sort of merge those together, and we come up with a very specific solution for lighting companies to start off. So we are hyper-focused on the lighting industry and applying our software specifically for the people um, within the lighting industry. And Forrest might want to elaborate on that point. Yeah, thanks, Zach. Yeah, I mean, I think um, when you start thinking about technologies that are changing other industries like, you know, artificial intelligence, um, you know, high levels of automation, um, the people that have those skill sets to implement that solution typically don't have, as, as you mentioned, the domain knowledge to really understand these industry-specific workflows of, you know, how a submittal is made, right? I mean, even people that may not be directly connected in this industry may not know those details. And so I think that's where there's a real opportunity, right, is to, is to bring some of that technology and apply that um, to these workflows, which haven't had the benefit of that, which, you know, it's, it's changing other industries. It just hasn't gotten to the construction supply chain because of the, what you mentioned, right? The, the people that have that expertise often don't understand these workflows intimately. And so we're trying to put together a team here that um, has both of those skill sets to be able to build this, this software. What I, I just want to take a second. Oh. Yep, you. Don't I, yeah, I just want to take a second and, and spin it. It's, it's not really about, about me or us. Um, you know, coming from the lighting industry and working with distributors, manufacturer rep agents, working for a manufacturer, working with specifiers, you know, this is a, a problem that I've experienced, that my, that colleagues have experienced, that partners have experienced. So I personally take it, I take it very personally. And um, this is a problem that's pretty close to me. And I, I'm super excited by Parspec and having this opportunity because I feel like we can deliver a lot of value to those people. They're people that we all care about. Um, they're people that make this industry go and move forward. And we want to help them save as much time as possible and time you know, equals dollar savings uh, and over a long period of time, that really adds up and that helps people improve their, their life, whether it be um, through their professional life or their personal life, having a better work-life balance, uh, working on projects that they haven't got to professionally. Um, our goal is to create a wedge so those people can be um, a little bit more active on the things that they're good at. You know, let computers and machines take over some of the lower value tasks that are boring and really tough to do and let the people shine, you know, developing new relationships, calling on a new contractor, 
working with a new lighting designer, architect, or engineer. Those are the things that humans strive to do. And that's what we're trying to help in this industry. Zach just switched to dad mode, like it says in his uh, profile here. <laughs> I love it, man. I love your passion. Um, that's yeah. great. That's Thanks. great. But let's get back to the brass tacks here. Here's what I think that that's important to software. Okay, Forrest. Um, you know, like I, I love what you said, Zach. But those are like the promises, promises, right? That we we hear about yeah. when it comes to yeah. software, right? Like I don't know if that's true yeah. or not. Okay, so but let me ask you this, Forrest. When you know, what I know about these types of software is that the type of the user that you want should immediately know how to use it. As soon as they drag and drop that quote over there, they should be like, wow, this is what I've been waiting for for 15 years. How do like, what is your, and, and I, I want you to tell me about that user experience. Tell me about some of the, the things that you've overcome and, and how you're getting to that spot where the person can say, you know what, this is great. I, I started using it on the first day. I took the, the 10 minute training session or whatever it was. And I really like it right away. Or are you working towards that? No, I mean, you know, the funny thing is, is, you know, I was doing this sort of part-time with my co-founder Pratush before. I joined Parspec and uh, we started showing it to users in March of this past year. Um, and, you know, when I made the decision to, to jump full time into this business, it was precisely that reaction. You know, we were demoing it to a customer who had never seen it before. Um, they had a really complicated schedule and we just showed how we could bring that in in seconds. And just watching the look on the five or six people that were on the call, their face just being like, whoa. This is totally different technology. Like that's what led me to believe, hey, there's a real opportunity here, right? Where and we've and we've since seen that on a lot of people. We have uh, 12 companies currently using the tool, a private beta, and and I think that's what sells the software the most is just having them up, get in and use it for themselves. You know, that's why we want to offer a free trial to any user that wants to get in there. They should be able to uh, just log in and see how it works for them. It's meant to be something that doesn't require any training. They should be able to just uh, hmm. log into the system, go through the, the tutorial, and uh, be ready to go. Um, so I don't know if that answers your question, but um, it was definitely a seminal moment for me in realizing that um, we had something special, just seeing, seeing initial reusers' reaction to the software. Greg, I want to ask a couple more questions. Are you are you ready? Are you hot to come in here? Nope, we keep going. Okay. So, um, do you guys? How are you guys? Um, do you have investors, or are you guys profitable now? Are you making money, um, or is it still sort of in that early stage where you're spending all the money on development, or you have seed investors that have invested in you with you guys? You don't make any money yet, but you're looking for industry dominance down the road like what what is the financial setup of the company and not, obviously you don't have to tell me anything but are you making money that's what my first question would be um so uh no we're pre-revenue right so we haven't we haven't yet publicly launched the app that's coming up at the end of this month so, so it's it's imminent um we do investors so we raised a uh, a seed round from um, a couple of venture firms um in august of last year um, and so those two firms are uh, Innovation Endeavors, uh, who's a you know Silicon Valley deep tech company, um, and then the second is Heartland. Uh, Heartland's business model is to bring uh, Silicon Valley or high tech to the Midwest. So a lot of uh, a lot of their partners or investors are 
distributors and other brick and mortar businesses across the Midwest. So they're providing some access to some of their LPs and they're going to become customers of Parspec. So um, that's our current state in terms of investment. Okay. Let me ask you one more question that I have written down on my list here. Okay. So people talk about artificial intelligence. I think that's the wrong word. I think it's, if it's, it's either intelligent or it's not, it's not an artificial. If it's actually intelligent, it's just intelligence. So maybe electric intelligence. Like there's no artificial mm -hmm. light. People say artificial light. There's yeah. no such thing as artificial light. It's either illuminating or it's not. So it's electric light and natural light, whatever you want to call it. Right. And machine learning. That's a better description usually for what most people are doing is machine learning. Mm -hmm. It's not actually the system's not thinking for itself. It's just being taught to think in certain ways. Is your system actually AI or EI or whatever they want to call it, or is it machine learning? Yeah, so I agree that that uh, sort of phrase gets misused a lot. So technically, artificial intelligence is like an umbrella that includes machine learning and computer vision and other technologies. So uh, we do use a couple of technologies that uh, are sort of known as artificial intelligence. Machine learning is one, um, and then uh, computer vision is the second. And I can explain briefly how those are actually used. Um, so the the computer vision is being able to take like an unstructured image. Um, a data sheet would be an example of that, right? It includes a bunch of information. Say you're interested in all of the product attributes because you want to be able to make sure that a given set of attributes meet a design specification. So we use technology to be able to read that information out of the PDF document and understand which are attributes that are important to characterizing that product. Does that make, does that make sense? That's yes. What's that one called again? Computer. Not machine learning. That's computer, that's computer vision. Computer vision. Okay. Yeah. Computer vision is just the idea of being able to recognize that information and structure it. And then uh, the machine learning a bit is kind of like what you do with the information once it's structured. Um, so um, examples of machine learning in our app are um, we're able to read a lot of different table formats and understand what the information in those tables mean. So for example, you know, what represents a manufacturer name, what represents a model number, what, what represents a quantity or a type. Um, we're able to understand that by understanding the broader document. So that's one example of machine learning. Another piece which we're pretty exciting about is the idea of helping with uh, like recommending alternates or crossing a product for value engineering. Um, so um, I think you know everyone on this call would recognize that that's really time consuming, right? You've got to read through the specification. If you're not representing that manufacturer, you need a, another alternative. You have to find another product from your um, from your line card or from the manufacturers that you represent that that meets the specification. How are you doing um, that? So um, so we're able to parse the information out of the design spec so we understand what's required, right? And then we're able to match that with attributes corresponding to a, a say a wrapped line card, right? So we can identify all the products um, that are compliant with a given design specification. So I want to be clear that that's not done yet. We're actively, that's an active R&D project for RSpec, but um, 
it's not part of the submittal solution, but we envision developing a quoting solution um, in the next six months, and it will become part of that solution. So the idea is that we make it really easy for our customers to suggest alternate products to enable them to quote many more jobs than they than they might otherwise be able to if they were doing that manually. So the computer vision is like a screen scrape that looks at the screen, grabs the information, and then puts it into a, a, a database that you can then structure and interact with meaningfully. And so the, and then the machine learning is taking that and combining it into ways in which someone can then deploy that information. Do I have it correctly? So this, the computer vision happens first and then machine learning happens yeah. second? Correct. Yeah. So you can think of computer vision as structuring the data and make, putting it into a database that is understandable. Right. Um, and then the machine learning is like recognizing patterns in that data to be able to say, recommend alternates or understand the structure of a table. So you're exactly right. It's, it's reasoning with the information once the computer vision structures. This is very difficult to do in lighting. So I, I, I do a lot of screen scraping, but then we have to have human eyes go over it and do what you're talking about, which is make the two products uh, comparable products. So that has to be done by a human. I don't know if that's possible to be done um, through machine learning. I'd be interested to see if you're successful at that because I've been working on that for a long time personally <laughs> in my own business yeah. here. Um, and the lighting industry is endlessly complex. It, there's just, it just opens up, whereas... Um, you know, someone that, that that looks at it can say, "Yeah, that's a two by four pat panel." <laughs> yeah, forty <laughs> yeah, I mean, k or color selectable or whatever, right? That I, I'd be interesting to see how you guys would, uh, the process of automating that. Yeah, we we totally agree that it's a challenging problem, and um, you're right that like right out of the gate, it won't be a completely automated process. Um, but if you can think that we could serve maybe five or six alternates. Um, that a human could go through and decide the best one, right? So we're getting very close with what could be successful alternates. And then the system will learn from the alternates that the human selects. So over time, it'll work. You know that the manufacturers are not going to like this, eh? They're going to do, they're going to fight you on this. They're going to make it difficult for you to do this. Um, they're going to like, the, the lighting industry itself is designed to embed complexity. That's exactly how the whole thing is structured. I mean, uh, NEMA um, in the 90s tried to come out with standardizing CFLs, the coding of CFLs, and the industry responded by making it more complex. Um, mm -hmm. And so it's going to be interesting to see that you guys are entering into a battlefield with people that don't want anything to do with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd be curious I, I think thoughts, uh, I think I'll... Well, just one thing, Zach, and then feel free to jump in. Like, initially, like... We're just, say a rep has a given line card of manufacturers, right? And mm -hmm. they, get a, uh, they get a schedule and that schedule includes some products that are from manufacturers they don't represent. So all Parspec is uh, enabling is that we can automatically hide the basis of design products that are from manufacturers that don't represent and we can find suitable alternates from the rep's line card, right? So it's something that the rep would be doing anyway. It would just take them a bit of time to put those alternates together. So I would argue that we're not fundamentally changing like the relationship of the rep and the manufacturer, but we're just making it easier for the rep or the distributor to do their job, right? Where yeah, they, they don't, don't want you, the, the, the manufacturers don't want you to do that though. That's uh, in the, 
in in the way that I don't know, Greg, do you agree with me on this? Like they want they don't want you to be able to cross their spec. Right, that's exactly the resistance that there is in the industry. Uh, um, Zach's shaking his head. You jump in here, Zach. Well, no, I, I agree with you. They don't want their products to be cross or value engineered out of the project. But those are for the reps that have materials specified. Right? And I, you know, coming from working for a manufacturer, I I would get schedules all the time where two of my you know products were specified, and there were twenty other lines that were mm -hmm. different manufacturers and maybe of those 20 other lines, five of them we could cross with products that we were offering. So I personally saw the value or I see the value now in having the ability to easily figure out what products we can cross and then suggesting alternatives based on, you know, having a better design, slightly better pricing, uh, product that's more available, which is, you know, more needed today than ever. Uh, or that's compliant with specific code requirements, right? So I, I, I see both sides of it as well. I think you're. I think what you're working on would be revolutionary. That that portion of it, the 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 idea of the helping with the submittals, that's great. That's a good add-on, right? But the ability to, with a click of a mouse, be suggested comparable alternatives that are very similar or identical to the one listed. That would be extremely valuable to um, reps, distributors, everyone else. So that I think is um, way I, like people would use that submittal or no submittal. They would use that all the time. Right. You know, there's not so, a single person. Yeah, I, I apologize for interrupting. Uh, there's not a single person that I haven't that that I've spoken to that has not brought up the need for alternatives. And, you know, you hit the nail on the head. It, it would be revolutionary for sure. Um, it's a very, very challenging problem to solve. And then one last point I wanted to make is going back to the knowledge sharing topic. If if somebody from your company, either of your, your distributorships had, um, you know, cross-referenced a specific product, and then you had another employer or colleague working on a different project where that same product was specified, they would actually have access to know that another colleague of theirs used a different product and won that, that project. So the ability to knowledge share within your organization is super powerful as well. So here, here's, where, here's where it gets even more interesting. So I've been working on this problem myself for three years um, and have been successful, I've never been able to automate what that portion of it that you're talking about, but we need human eyes on it. Mm -hmm. But the problem is that the, the generations of products move so quickly. So you may have done it with Gen 1, but now we're on Gen 8 or 9 or 10 now in some, some things. And so it's a constantly evolving situation. But what, 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 what manufacturers don't realize, and you know, whether that's the highest level luminaire manufacturer or the lowest, you know, just got back from Hong Kong with a container guy, okay? The, the consumer has no idea which companies are premium and which companies aren't. And so they have no idea which companies have the ability to stamp. Like name a, a Greg, name a, the, uh, I mean, people know Keystone and the di distributors know Keystone, right? But end users have no idea what, who Keystone is. It's not like the sure. days of Philips G Sylvania where people actually recognize those brands, like end user customers, electricians, or um, even electricians. Like Greg, who is the most, uh, the highest swankiest name in light fixtures in the United States? Throw it out there. 
Keystone. <laughs> but I mean, sure, let's go with, Keystone. There isn't one, <laughs> right? Acuity, I mean, maybe you know, Acuity, but not, but are they, that's not even branded as Acuity when you get it. Sothonia or uh, what? No. Yeah, Quat, right, you know, right, Wattstop. Right. You say Wattstopper to someone, they're huh? You know, or they don't know who these people are. So what you're doing is you're gonna you're gonna commoditize all these. They're not gonna like it. I think you guys, if you guys are successful, it's a huge heist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, one comment would be, I think that you know our customer is the rapid distributor, yeah, right? That's, sure. that's who we're providing value to, and you know, I think one of the main value adds that they offer is that expertise, right? Around mm -hmm. what is the the best product use in that application and i look at parspec as just a tech enabler to complement that expertise right so we're not pretending that um, the software will replace that expertise indefinitely but it will enable um like as zach mentioned better knowledge sharing amongst different colleagues in the same company um, communication of new products that are available in the market and the system will learn to try to provide the best recommendations that it can ultimately it'll be the wrapper distributor that are choosing what they actually want to put forward. Um, but I, I see it as a tool that would make these players more competitive in the marketplace, right? Where they're using the latest technology to be able to do their jobs more efficiently and provide a better service to the, to the end customer, right? To the buyer. Everyone who's misbehaving needs an enabler. So um, <laughs> enabling the lighting industry. I love it. Uh, you guys have any, you know, Zach or Forrest, you guys have any final thoughts for the Get a Grip on Lighting listeners out there? Um, I mean, just a, a thought would be that we'd love for um, any of the listeners here that are interested to reach out and, and give it a try. Um, we know it's something different, um, but we're trying to make that as easy as possible for users to get into doesn't require any training it's free um for the first 30 days so encourage you just to give it a shot and, and see if it helps you uh, with this part of your workflow uh the submittal process so i uh, well, really appreciate that, you guys having us on yeah now that forest has wrecked all future sponsors of the get a grip on lighting podcast <laughs> uh, we can close it out folks go to keystonetech.com that's k-e-y-s-t-o-n-e-t-e-c-h.com greg eric they keep it easy down there that's right. They're downlights, wafer trim, disc, downlight, 4 to 10 inch, 120, 277 volt, all the color, selectable options, interchangeable trim rings, bronze, nickel, white, all the stuff you need, and emergency capable with a Keystone driver. You got to go to keystonetech.com. That's K-E-Y-S-T-O-N-E-T-E-C-H.com. That's right. Light made easy, the easy folks. And of course, proud members of the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. That's NALD.org. Yeah, we're going to get crazy in September, folks. That's right. Come on down to the Dallas Market Center. That's right. Arclight Summit, nailed, teamed up together. So uh, September 13th to 16th, go to NALD.org to register. Put your people in Alice Evolve. And of course... Forrest Flagger and Zach Mix from Parspec. Go to parspec.io if you want to check them out. Of course, on the getagriponlighting.com website, all their links will be there for their LinkedIn and their, their company website. And if you made it all the way to the end, sorry for the audio issues in the beginning. I know sometimes we have that, but we figured it out halfway through. And uh, you know I love you guys out there. Come on. Thanks for listening. <laughs>